Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are some versions of my journals out loud. And we're just going to take a deep breath in through the nose. Remember to get all that old air out of the lungs. And here we go. So today is, I believe, Wednesday the 24th. Uh, I did not post yesterday, sorry. It's been raining for three days. Uh, we've been trapped in the car for three days. <clears throat> And hopefully uh, today there will be sun because uh, I have found out that three days in the car with the two dogs is a bit of a challenge. Uh, and I've been kind of all over the place in my own head for quite some time. So I wasn't sure really how to move forward because uh, I am becoming trapped in my own loop. and. I am not sure how to break the cycle. So, you know, a couple things. One, uh, I keep backing up and doing those kind of big, heavy podcasts like I did the last time. And while I stand by what I said, I am beyond irritated with myself that I did that again. And, you know, when I started all this, podcasting uh, here, I started with Wired for Danger. And, you know, there was a reason why I wanted to talk about that. And when I describe it, being Wired for Danger, meaning, you know, your, your, what I believe we all have a default nervous system is you run into the danger as opposed away from it. And one of the things that I have witnessed in historical uh, and personal people professionally is that, you know, I say your life rarely ends well. And I feel like I'm living my own process with, even though I know all these things, I can't seem to turn my own boat around. And I've been wandering off course again. I have been distracting into other things. I've spent over a month in December refocusing myself and only to realize that I'm kind of just doing exactly what I've been trying to talk to us about, about why people who are wired for danger and who are mission focused and, you know, if we don't have a reason to die for, we don't have a reason to live for. And without any kind of real self-awareness that I'm putting myself back through these same patterns. And, so one of the detours, you know, I've been making is how uh, to have a different conversation with different key words. And uh, one of those is feeling safe or being safe. And the reason why that's important is that, uh, you know, me men who are wired for danger have places to go and ways to connect and identify uh, and women don't. And so like, how do I find the women who are like this? Because that's at the end of the day, you know, probably the only people that really get what I'm talking about. And uh, we're scattered and we don't self-identify that way. And the thing that I had learned as I was talking to people and researching in December is that the big conversation for most women, if it's not in a, some kind of superficial way, you know, almost all women's stuff is you know, talks about kids or fashion or beauty or aging or all these superficial body things, which is not my thing in terms of my focus, uh, is feeling safe. And, 
you know, the internet is flooded with feeling safe and feeling safe from trauma. And I don't want to do healing kinds of things, but I also noticed that most of what is being described as feeling safe isn't the same as being safe. And so that got me on a whole rabbit hole of, yes, you know, I would consider myself wired for danger in terms of, uh, you know, having good situational awareness and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, women just aren't safe. And I really hadn't, you know, at a physical level, we are vulnerable whether we want to be or not. Uh, and men are too, but I don't believe men think about it the way women think about it. So, you know, one of the reasons the nervous system is so important is that that is how we respond to safety, whether it's perceived or real, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, we default into the nervous system at any type of fear or danger. So, you know, the greatest source of power in managing all these things is to understand who we are. But there's other things that are happening at the same time that I don't even know. Sorry, the dogs are in motion and I have the scratchy jacket on. Sorry. Uh, and, you know, I, and I am finding myself not knowing how to deal with them. And I assume I'm not the only one because I've been observing other people having these issues, but we're not self-aware. And so you can't have a conversation about it because... As the world becomes less and less safe for all of us, men, women, children, old people, it gets harder to hold on to your sanity. And so you start to grab around the edges and pull in oftentimes about what your beliefs are to feel safe. But it doesn't mean that you're necessarily uh, observing reality. And, you know, now we're in this moment of time, it's like, Plus, what is even real? You know, what is real online? What is AI? I swear, you know, I don't even say certain things out loud. And I see myself being fed uh, titles and commercials or advertisements and stuff. And I'm like, I think I just thought that, you know, I don't remember saying it. I don't remember emailing it. I don't remember writing it or searching it. And yet it comes up. The, The funniest one was... I just was thinking about, uh, you know, when the dogs, I have that little outside crate for them. And uh, I, I don't remember what was happening, but I remember thinking, you know, we have it all wrong. I need to put myself in the crate so that they don't bug me just to get a break. Because they, you know, are, when we're outside, they've gotten a lot better. So I don't, sometimes I can let them loose, but they're under my feet and they're waiting on me. And I thought... Maybe I need to be in the crate. And I swear, like that day or the next day, some little video showed up somewhere where this mom is in a dog crate. And on the outside is a one-year-old baby and a dog. And she says, I've had this thing two years and I just figured out what it's for. And she's inside with her coffee and the baby is hanging on, you know, the crate trying to get in and the dog is sitting there. And I think, how does this happen? So, I mean, we're in a world where it's very difficult to know what's even real that's happening out there. And when you don't know what's real, how are you supposed to be 
or feel safe or sane. And so there's just so much happening that's, as I was telling someone the other day, not on my list to be happening as I got older. I just didn't, you know, you could never know, you know, how the future is going to unfold. And, and the reason I'm bringing all this up is at the same time, the only time I feel safe and sane is when I'm completely disconnected from technology. Uh, you know, the phone is in the car, we're outside, I'm just pedaling around doing my normal stuff. And I feel like myself. But the minute I try to accomplish anything, you know, technology, you know, I'm frustrated, I can't make things work. You know, there's these weird, creepy things happening with, you know, the being fed information and, uh, you know, not even knowing, you know, what's real and what's not real, trying to, you know, listen to other people make statements and then observing that I'm not having the same experience that they're having. And, and, you know, and I've told, I've shared with you, you know, I've started listening to these things from different time periods. And I even found, uh, a uh, from the eighties, a guy talking about how he went into the future. Uh, and he's describing a past that does not link up with the past that we had, but it linked up with this past that was sort of pre, uh, 2000 where there was this obsession with earth changes. And I'm sure some of you remember that, you know, the maps that were all put out and there was just this influx of maps and ideas that there was going to be massive earth changes. And you notice we don't hear about that anymore. Nobody talks about the massive earth changes anymore. And now, you know, all we talk about is nuclear war and uh, for some of us, the sun going boom and, you know, the pole shifting. And, and I feel like, well, did we split off into a different reality? Because that was so certain. And you listen to people talk in the late 90s, and they're speaking just like things were happening today. And, you know, and now we have, you know, this rampant conversations about the new earth and the splitting and dividing or, uh, you know, the rapture or ascension or alien invasion that are going to just come in and make everything okay. And, and I feel like, am I in the same reality as other people or have we all split into different realities because how are you supposed to know what's real when everybody who's having their personal experience is so convinced their version is the right version and you know you go back to the core core thing as humans you know the most important thing is to feel safe which is different from being safe you know those little babies Oh, those horrible monkey experiments, you know, where the, the baby monkey would choose the soft terry cloth uh, fake mom over food because, you know, we just have an innate, an innate, an innate need oh, sorry, to feel safe. But in the real world, quote unquote, whichever that is, because, you know, reality is feeling very fast and loose in many ways these days, it it not only doesn't feel safe, I mean, there's no reality in that we can also be safe, man or woman, because now we've got biological agents floating around or 
money is going to magically disappear or this massive invasion of people coming across uh, that are not our best friends. And we're not doing anything. So at some point, you know, all of this is going to hit the wall unless we've magically manifested ourselves into some reality that this isn't happening. And, you know, at the end of the day, like who knows what's real? And as I listen to other people, they seem to get more convinced that they are right. And, you know, part of being right makes you feel safe, right? Well, these are the rules. This is the way it is. And I feel safer in the boundaries of my needing to be right. But, you know, someone else might not agree with them. So you have to make the other person wrong or, uh, you know, you're crazy or how many of us were the kind of the survivor prepper people and everybody made fun of it. You know, my family made fun of me and, uh, you know, they've seen glimpses of how that might be real, but, you know, some of them are split off further into denial. Uh, others, you know, just don't speak. You know, I mean, it's just a, it is a bizarre time to be alive because this was not how I envisioned the future going. I thought it would be more clear cut and, you know, the beauty of crisis, the beauty of peak crisis is that, and the reason people who like to be, who are wired for danger and the people who like crises is because everything focuses and all you have to do is that thing in front of you. I think that's why we like, you know, these apocalypse, uh, thrill-seeking danger in the movies and stories because, you don't have to worry about cleaning the house or getting the mail or, you know, figuring out which rule or regulation is now. I saw something about, you know, an $18,000 fine if you warm up your car in your driveway. I mean, these just bizarro, insane things that are happening all over the world right now. And you don't have to think about any of that because you feel fully justified. It's a life and death issue. And that's, you know, the wired for danger happy place. Just pure focus, pure function, pure moment. And everybody's real and all the BS drops away and you just feel like this is who I am and this is how I function. It's the rest of the time that's a nightmare. And right now we're in the clouds and the mud of which way is all of this going to turn. We haven't had the peak crisis thing, which may or may not happen, that puts, for those of us who are wired for danger, into pure function, pure survival, you know, even though I keep saying, you know, I can't physically do the work, I'll still function, you know, to the best of my ability. And it's easy because I don't have to think about, you know, this thing and that thing in the future, because all you have to do is all your focus comes back in, all your ability to, uh, make decisions becomes simple. It's just about survival, uh, which is kind of how I feel when I go outside and I just have to do life. Uh, and, and it's easy. You know, the only problem I'm having is when I move back into the world beyond the simplicity of nature. And, and, you know, here I get a really good, uh, an excellent, uh, 
uh, cell phone signal. And so now I'm starting to wonder, it's like, am I starting to get affected by the electromagnetic frequencies? Because I never had cell phones. So, you know, in a lot of the places I've stayed, maybe it's catching up to me. You know, maybe I'm starting to to have the edges come off my own sanity because I'm being exposed. Uh, I keep the data turned off unless I'm actively using it. But you know, the signal is still floating around out in the air. So, I, you know, I don't know even what's real or what's not real. But, you know, I was really struck by this idea of the difference between feeling safe and being safe. But what's even a bigger issue, at least for me and what I'm witnessing in other people right now, is feeling sane versus being sane. And not really knowing what is or what isn't true about that because it's getting harder to figure out what's real and we're becoming more passionate about the version of reality that we're clinging to in order to feel safe. And and that's the manipulation. That's the great cycle of how you control people. But once you're in it, what it used to, you have to function, you have to go to the store, you have to get food, you know, you have to go to the doctor, you can't just 100% check out, uh, mostly in the world that we've created today, because it's illegal to do all these other things, you know, it's illegal to, to just go hunt and live off the land, because there's really technically no land that you can't get kicked off of. It's become very complex. And, you know, I checked out of the system you know, what, uh, 15 years ago, whatever. And, you know, I've done a pretty good job of being out of the loop, but it still catches me. I still have issues, you know, that I bump into, uh, hence, you know, not having a mailing address. I mean, there's all these things that we're still being required to be tied into the system. And now, you know, we're coming up against the wall of the digital money where you're going to have to be tied into the system. And, you know, more fear. So, you know, more, I don't want to think about it. And more, uh, you know, the battle between feeling safe versus being safe, you know, and what's real and do I have to. And watching the people that are around you and close to you kind of dropping off into their own versions of what they feel is real. And all of this it always boils down to this idea of, you know, conscious or not, you know, feeling safe. And the one that we don't really talk about is also feeling sane. And that's a big difference between what we feel and what actually is. And the problem isn't identifying how we feel. The problem is in identifying what actually is. And it used to be simpler because more people were in agreement. But now it's getting harder to know what's even real because, you know, I know there's the technology and it's not happening for, you know, you and me, but the technology is so sophisticated. It can go in and change like a video for one person. And so, you know, one person is seeing the quote unquote same video 
that everyone else is seeing, but that but theirs has been altered. And so they're not having the same information input maybe other people are have, but it's feeling as absolute and real for them. And so what is true, what is real? Because, you know, we know, I think there was that movie, what, Vantage Point, where 10 people witness the same incident and all 10 people have a different recollection and experience of what the event is all about. You know, they've done that with violence or car accidents. You know, everybody remembers things differently, even though they were all present and witnessing the same thing at the same time. And now, as if that's not bad enough, you know, we have all this manipulation happening and there's no answer for it. So, you know, I go back to the only time I feel normal or sane or safe or settled in any way is when I just go outside and I can do simple things like walk the dogs and see that there's sun and show you the beautiful sunset pre-rain event here and uh, just put basic things, you know, physical movement, simple observations, you know, looking at nature, things like that, that feel manageable, but, you know, having to go into the, to the electronic online world, uh, even just going into uh, Walmart yesterday with all the people and all the chaos and the noise and, uh, you know, everybody's got their own energy. It's overwhelming. Uh, and I don't have any answers for this, but, you know, I've been trapped inside for three days, basically, and I'm starting to lose it because I haven't been able to be outside and reorient uh, but I'm also looping off track again because the essence of this whole Wired for Danger thing, and the reason I wanted to talk about it in the first place, is that it too becomes its own trap about uh, what is real, what is necessary. Uh, are you fighting for a cause that's a real cause or are you fighting for a cause because you just need to fight in order to feel safe and sane? And it becomes complex because we all have our own versions of that. But I don't know about you, everything in me is screaming for simplicity. I don't like the complexity of world politics and events and things like that. And uh, and the reason, you know, I talked about that value versus values is to me that's that's reduces it into the simple idea that we're all banging our heads against, that we as all individuals want to live with what we consider our values and what we value in our world, but that is increasingly at odds with the structures and the systems of, of the world, especially as they're no longer sustainable, especially as we are seeing, you know, the results of not paying attention. So we love our cell phone, but we don't know what's happening as it gets to us. And more importantly, we don't know what it's doing to our health and to our sanity uh, and our 
our ability to function in the world in a way that will keep us safe because it's distracting, right? It completely pulls away from situational awareness and it completely distorts self-awareness. So, you know, I'm hoping the sun comes out. I'm hoping I get some grounding today. I'm hoping I get a little bit of light because, you know, the darkness, the absence of the sun, the damp, the cold, the confinement, that has been horrible. Uh, You know, I can just sort of, you know, if anything about this lifestyle I've embarked on, you know, one of the things I knew was my personal lessons was patience. So, you know, I have learned to be exceedingly patient in terms of waiting things out Uh, And the dogs have done really well considering how crappy, you know, these last three days have been and how confined we've been and how uh, excited we will all be if the sun comes out this morning because I know how much better I will feel when the sun comes out and the lightness, the light returns and the routine returns. You know, I love that the 24-hour day which is somehow feels like it's going faster and I'm getting less done, at least it gives me some grounding. It gives me some boundaries, some function that I can feel relatively safe and sane within, right? I can make food because I know I need to eat and drink water. I know the dogs need to eat. I know I need to clean things up. I mean, there's the simplicity of that is what grounds me into some kind of level of safety and sanity in my tiny, small way, but I'm just observing how it's getting more difficult, and I'm observing how conversations with other people are showing that we're fragmenting into different versions of what's happening, and most of that is, I think, trying to feel safe. And none of us really are going to be safe if any of what is real in the, you know, being communicated to us is real. Now, I have a hard time thinking that what's going on at the border isn't not real. I have a hard time, you know, thinking what goes on with the economy is not real. But, you know, what do I know, right? I'm just one person. I haven't been down to the border and watched the people come across, uh, even though, you know, I feel fairly confident that that's actually happening. But you can see if you're in a city in the middle of nowhere, it wouldn't feel real until it happens to you. And then that becomes a version of reality that you're reacting to, you know, in a desperate attempt to feel safe and sane, which isn't the same as being safe and sane. And reality seems to be splitting apart on how we're experiencing it, uh, what what we want to focus on. And most of us choose to focus on what makes us feel safe and sane, which is very different from being. I mean, so it becomes this whole cycle and this thing. But, you know, I've just really been observing myself, you know, these last, uh, especially last few months, struggling as I'm listening to others and uh, questioning, you know, my own sanity and my own priorities and 
my own experience uh, and the reality that I can't just go run around and change everything, right? We're in a point in time where we can't just run out and fix everything. You know, you can't buy your way out of it. You can't push your way out of it. Uh, You can try to deny your way out of it, but eventually, you know, it catches up with us in some shape or form. And, And so, you know, I just have been kind of dragging my feet which is how I sort of launched into that whole thing. And I don't want to do those things anymore. I don't want to do these left brain intellectual downloads. Not that my brain isn't thinking that way, but that isn't how I want to spend my time with you. And, uh, but I'm doing the exact thing that I have been warning against that is a wired for danger thing where you get so mission focused you lose perspective and you get lost down rabbit holes that are no longer serving you. And one of the reasons I say, you know, for us is that, you know, our lives rarely end well is what exactly is what's happening to me. Running out of energy to play that game. And unless I change the way I play, you know, I will just die you know, like I hear so many older people who are wired for danger die screaming about a cause that was never meant to change, you know, losing everyone and everything because they're so focused on the mission. They have no life left. And, you know, that's not something we talk about because we don't care. You know, when the person who's out doing the rescuing has to retire because they can't rescue anymore. We don't really care. We don't care about what you did. We only care about what you do. And, you know, that's part of how our culture and our society functions. As you get older, you're no longer a productive and in service. I talked about that. You know, we just put you out to pasture. If you're lucky, you know, you have a healthy retirement and you can go do your thing. But if you're a wired for danger person, you're probably not going to be able to just pretend like you don't have this push within you, but the catch is you don't have the energy and the focus to continue at that level. I mean, you burn out and that's what makes you sick. That stress of pushing when you're no longer meant to push, you know, is what creates the disease. And at the same time, we're in this really weird place of, you know, the danger has never been screaming louder and the divides have never been greater. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, I'm observing myself kind of falling apart at the scenes sometimes uh, because I think everybody is. I don't think people are recognizing it, but, you know, we're having conversations about feeling safe and creating, you know, little padded versions of reality while none of us are safe. I mean, there is no being safe right now. It's just a, from what I can observe, I mean, it's just a timeline to where crap happens and happy to be wrong, right? Don't want any of this to be true. So maybe I'm insane. Maybe I'm not observing what's really happening. I don't know anymore because I think it's getting more difficult to understand what is or isn't real But I just wanted to say, as much as all that is happening, when I try to engage with the outside world, I don't have any of that when it's just me and the dogs in nature. The only time I'm bumping up against things that are making me unsteady and uncomfortable and confused and 
uh, you know, questioning is when I bump up into this online world and, and outside of my bubble, because I don't know what's real and I don't know how to negotiate it. And, you know, if it's a simple thing, like, you know, the dog's toenails need to get cut, right? Like I can do that because I can focus on that. It's real to me. But when it's, you know, the border is being thrown open uh, and there's nothing I can do and I just know that it's not going to work out well, that just makes me feel vulnerable. And, and we are. So I needed to just say that out loud because I am observing myself kind of all over the place in a way that I'm not comfortable with. And I have gotten derailed yet again, which is just a pattern for me. You know it. You've been watching me do it if you're a long-term person here. But it doesn't mean that we're not all maybe experiencing some version of this. So I wanted to just take a beat, say it out loud. Uh, I am feeling that same concern about the difference between wanting to feel safe, uh, how to actually be safe, while I'm losing confidence in what I feel is real out in the world, which does nothing to relax my nervous system into the parasympathetic, where I am in a calm, focused state, unless I go outside. So the one thing I hope you'll take from all of this is it's always good to do the breathing to ground you. It's always good to ground, meaning outside with some kind of contact with the outside world. And three, being outside is super important because we have been locked up in our tiny box for three days. And it it is, uh, let's just say... Uh, I'm holding on by my fingernails <laughs> right now. The, in fact, even as we're supposed to, there's like a 2% chance it's going to rain, and I actually left my boots outside. And as I'm recording this, I'm trying to decide if I hear raindrops because I left my boots out yesterday for a few minutes, and it actually rained inside the boots, and now my, everything's all wet. But I'm like, there's only like a 2% chance right now it should be raining. There were no clouds when I went out, you know, an hour and a half ago. But damn, you know, maybe it's raining again. And no, because I desperately, well, I need to see the sun for two reasons. One is my lights are gone, so I need to charge my lights. And two, my sanity is gone, and I desperately need to recharge with some sunlight today. So uh, I know some of you are in places where you haven't seen sun for much longer, but it is... Uh, extremely difficult. I don't know how people do it at the northern and southern, you know, hemispheres where they have, you know, 23, 24 hours of darkness. I could not do that. I would be bat bonkers, which is why I don't live in Seattle, because I would be bat bonkers, which is why I live in the desert areas, because I need the sunlight and I need to be outside to stay sane. Safe or not, my sanity rests on some percentage of my time being outside. And uh, I know I've been talking about that on and off, but let's just say after three days of being trapped inside in a tiny little box, I am bouncing off the edges of my own sanity. <laughs> so deep breath. Uh, I'm going to say thank you for joining me. I know I'm just kind of all over the place, but 
Uh, I'm trying to stay focused through all of this, but we are living in an extremely difficult period of time. And this, nobody is perfect. Uh, everybody is desperate, you know, to feel safe and sane. And we all have different ways of trying to accomplish that. It's not about right or wrong. I mean, I always believe everybody's doing the best we can. And, uh, you know, and it may not be good enough, but it is always the best we can. So with that, my friends, sorry if there's scratchy noises, dog noises or whatever, but here's our tiny little world saying good morning to you in your world. Uh, and I hope all is well. And with that, I will see you next time.